Whoa, I don't think I even want to hear your story. All of you must hear the Scarlet Spider story. My name is Ben Riley. I'm related to this reality's Peter Parker. How? I'm his clone. Or maybe he's my clone. We're not sure. I'm the real Spider-Man. I don't know what kind of mind game this is, but I'm the real Spider-Man. The real Peter Parker. You see? I thought I was that clone. I tried to stay out of Peter's life by taking on a new identity. Dyed my hair, changed my name to Ben Riley. When I became a costume hero of the Scarlet Spider, it really made him angry. The next big blow came from Dr. Kurt Connors. He discovered that, according to our genetic structures, it might be Peter who was the clone, not me. That news pushed Peter Parker over the edge. Now he hated me with a passion. This is starting to sound like a bad comic book plot. It gets worse. Why didn't you just tell me I was a clone? The cloning process has proven unstable. You're coming apart. Alright, Cloneheads, we are back with another exciting edition of Clone Saga Chronicles. This is part three of the live callers, as well as an interview with uh, the co-founder of Spidey-Dude.com, formerly Spidey Dude Spider-Man page, my dad, D. So, without further ado, we are going to pick it back up right where we left off last episode. And up next on our on our final live caller is uh, Jason. He's been on the show before, so you've heard his voice before, but glad to have him back on. Jason, thanks for uh, for being so patient in these two hours that we've been recording. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, nice to be back on. Congratulations on 15, 15 years of it. <laughs> but Jason, uh, people, some people have had questions for us, but do you have any? Uh, yeah, actually, um... Since you've had all this time to, to think. <laughs> Don't you Sorry. put him on the spot, dude. Don't do that. Uh, um, do, you, do you think... Uh, I've got a couple. Do you, do, for one, do you think uh, Scarlet Spider is going to last much longer? I mean, I remember I, was, I remember talking to Gerard uh, on Facebook. Gerard has a theory. <laughs> uh, yeah. I've, I've been saying for a while I think the book is on its last legs. But, I mean, I've been proven wrong by this point. I thought it would have been canceled by now. Yeah, it, 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 uh, probably a good point to But the sales are really that bad? Eh, they're not terrible, but, like, I, I find that a lot of the... T- uh, there's something going on in the production of this book. So, something screwy's happening. Because I've, yeah, I've been pointing out to Zach all the wackiness with all, like, having multiple... Pe- the, the most recent issue had multiple pencilers again, the, you know... It's probably been yeah, we're, we're probably eighteen issues in. There's probably been twelve different anchors already. <laughs> this, yeah. this most recent issue, and, and I went nuts about this today on Facebook because um, I didn't read it until today. We're recording on Friday, people. Um, <laughs> they printed a double page spread the wrong way, so that they printed the first page of the two pages on the right hand side, and then they printed the second of the two pages on the next left-hand page, so you actually have to turn it in, but it, it's really bizarre. They, they split it the wrong way. And I'm like, how, oh, how did that even happen? Like, how did somebody not catch that? Were they trying yeah. to replicate the really, really awful Superman Unchained poster that came... Did anyone else get... Ma- soup? Never mind. I, I, got, it, I got it digitally, because I don't buy any. Yeah, if you read it digitally, it's probably correct, right? Yes, they just have, it was correct, yes. 
Yeah, I, actually, you know what? I gotta take like a like a photo of this or something. Like maybe we'll post it like somewhere. But... Post it on the front page. Post it on the front page. That's, but like that's too funny. It's just it's just bizarre. Like I'm looking at it. I hadn't even turned the page yet, and I'm like, wait a second. Why is his arm just going off panel? Like, and we don't see what he's. And then I turn the next page, and it's because his arm is on the next page. Like what? <laughs> How did that happen? Did they forget to put an ad? Like well, what? Yeah, that's that's that's, that's awful. That's awful. But that kind of but, stuff, that kind of stuff just makes me wonder if anybody's even paying attention at this point. Um, if if they're going to do like a final issue, I think issue twenty five would be a would be a mark, you know, a, a milestone to do it. Um, I don't see it ending yet, but but I mean they're bringing in Ben Riley, so obviously they're trying or. Saying they're bringing it been right, so maybe they're trying to boost the sales up one last time before giving it the act. I wouldn't be surprised because obviously I'm a pessimist when it comes to this type of thing now. Well, uh, I mean, uh, don't make it how many straight months of crossovers because we're currently in a Wolverine crossover. It's probably intended to boost did, sales did, too. Did they, did they throw Ben's ashes in a resurrection pit? How are they bringing him back? <laughs> we we were discussing this earlier about uh, there's the, Peter's dumping the ashes off the George Washington Bridge and and uh, the, the jackal is take is taking like a like a like a net to skim it off the top of the top of the water. The next time you see Zach, you can't catch dust in a net. I know. <laughs> it's, it's wacky comic book. No, we said it was like we'll a vacuum this- cleaner, and then he dumps it in the putty patroller machine. Yeah, See, if right. this if this was DC, Superboy could just punch a wall and Ben Riley could come back to life and we wouldn't have to worry about it. Well, uh, yeah, we all, wait a minute, wait talk. a minute, Zach, you mentioned earlier, Age of Ultron. Yes, Age of Ultron, the reverberations to so the So Ultron is going to punch a wall. No, no, no. And this will you, cash you, a royalty check and then he'll insult Jim Shooter and then Ben Riley will come back to life. <laughs> Maybe not in that order, but uh, in Age of Ultron, but all those things will happen. The 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 space time continuum broke. Like that's that's literally what was said on the page because this is a Bendis comic. Uh, the 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 space time continuum has been broken. So apparently, the reverberations from that are going to be or di- going to see a direct result of Spider Man twenty ninety nine showing up in the superior stupidity, um, Wolverine dying. Because of his time jumping and traveling or whatever, it's damaged his healing factor ability for some reason. So, <sighs> Ultron's supposed to be like this summer's big event for Marvel because I'm—I mean, the only thing yes. Marvel-wise I'm getting is is Thor, God of Thunder. Yes, it, right. It was supposed to be Marvel's big event, and I—I—I I, I don't know what the sales are. I bet they're great, but generally, I'm pretty happy with that. <laughs> I think there was a lot of people that were really kind of pissed by the ending because the ending was Angela showing up. That was oh. the ending of Age of Ultron. Oh right, that's right. They brought in a crappy Image Comics character into the. Uh, wasn't that a Spawn a character that was in limbo for like twenty years? Because I don't know Todd McFarlane and yeah Neil Gaiman apparently Neil Gaiman words. Yeah, uh, sold it to Marvel is what is what the rumor is. I don't know. McFarlane spurned him on a date once or something, and they've never been able to talk to each other since. I don't know. Right. Uh, so, so yeah, Angela shows up at the end of Age of Ultron. That, that's how the miniseries ended. That was the super secret three pages that that uh, Quesada had to draw himself. Oh, God, Quesada oh. pages for that? So, the, yeah, he so drew- the super secret pages aren't where Bendis just had someone redraw the ending of, uh, like, what, was it Avengers 63? They just redrew it 
and puts the same dialogue, and then Ben just still gets to take a royalty check, even though Stanley wrote it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's the second well, they time did. with you and Bendis and royalties. I have a feeling you have an axe to grind here. A Just a bit. bit. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, don't but yeah, but so um, anyway, yeah, that, that's that's how Age of Ultron. And so there's a possibility. Of, I mean, that's a theory that we could we could discuss with with Ben Riley possibly coming ba- back. Ba- basically, if they want to be really lazy, that's their cop out. They don't even have to explain it. Right, be like, oh, the, the space time continuum broke. Here's here's Ben Riley. Buy her book. Science. We don't have to explain it. And then, and then in three months, when Gwen Stacy shows up, <laughs> they could just be like, "Yeah, hey, space time continuum." Yeah. So, so what about the space time continuum with with uh, Peter Parker, Doc, uh, Doctor Octopus's Peter Parker? Uh, so we'll, <laughs> we'll 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 see. I mean, obviously, it, it's an exciting. I mean, if you're a Ben Riley fan, obviously, it's it, there's a lot of intrigue. But uh, but yeah. So, any other questions you got there, Jason? Yes. Um, okay. With uh, Scarlet Spider, you know, be, being a title out on the shelves now, and the return of the 3D holographic covers, why have we not seen 3D holographic covers on Scarlet Spider? It seems like a perfect mix. <laughs> you know, I think they're only saving that for those special events, like Age of Ultron. Because uh, as Gerard says, they don't give a shit about the book. Yeah. That's that's pretty much it. I mean, it's it's the production quality. I, I know that was a sarcastic question, but but uh, yeah, it's it pretty much boils down to what I think Josh said. Oh, uh, any more? Anyway, Jason, you got any more questions? Yeah. Um, are the clone saga trades done? And if they are, do you know if they're gonna? They're. I heard a rumor they were gonna continue with maybe some of the stuff that happened uh, post clone saga pre Mackie reboot. Oh, if they did, we would all die and go to heaven, I think. But the, the Clone Saga trades are done. Uh, Epic Book 6 was the final one. Okay. It does include um, Spectacular 241. Uh, it's not the last story in the Clone Saga trade. It's the, like the next to last. Or no, it's like three from last. I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, 241's included. And uh, which is the first... It, which was the first issue to come out right after... Revelations. So, it's the issue with uh, kind of the fallout from Revelations with uh, Demetrius coming back on the title. Oh, right. I haven't heard. It's got that. It's got that. Uh, that's the Luke Ross cover with uh, Spider-Man and Mary Jane swinging. She's got a yes. nightgown on. Yep. 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 Oh, I love that issue. And they they just uh, just renewed their committed relationship, and they are talking about how happy they were. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> that, there's a there's a Bertone, uh Did you uh, did you feel that gas? It's gas. <laughs> that was the best Bertone revisions ever. I have to say, but uh, but yeah, no. Um, also include them in hand uh, with the carrying stuff in there as well. But I, I definitely I would hope that they would do like an epic book treatment of the post Clone Saga pre reboot stuff because that's really really good stuff. It's, it's I hope a, they actually. I hope really that, underrated era. Like I know I love it. Gerard loves it, but it doesn't get a lot we of actually, love. Uh, with Mattis, I think he asked the question: Was it one of our favorite times or whatever? And Gerard's or what's one thing we wanted to see collected or something like that? And Gerard was the one that mentioned that, and I think we were all in agreement with that. Josh, uh, I seem to recall. It's late. Don't ask questions. Why? With the. Uh, 
<laughs> the post Clone Saga pre reboot era. Oh yeah, 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 yes, yes, we were. Yeah. So anyway, um, I'll just wrap this, Jason. I'm going to wrap this up for uh, with a bow, but I'm going to ask you a couple questions real quickly. Uh, favorite moment of the show, both being on or and as a listener. I really enjoyed being able to review Amazing Spider-Man 400. Okay. Was that was that your all-time favorite moment? Yeah, that well, that's certainly the I think the highlight of yeah, that's definitely the highlight of when I got to guest review on the show. Um, okay. As for favorite moments, I just you know what Bertoni's blooper reels are always funny with the bulk and skull music. Doesn't matter what it is, those always make me laugh. You know, I, I that was one thing. Whenever Bertoni gave me the reins, the keys to the kingdom, so to speak, with the editing aspect, I was like, "That's one thing we have to keep in there." Was bulk and skull. So definitely have had fun with that. Um, what about your? Would four hundred be your favorite moment of the Clone Saga, up to the point we've covered? We've covered through the lost years, by the way. You know what? Mm, it it's it, it's prob- probably four hundred. Although I also really enjoy the. Uh, I, I was going to call. I was going to call it the death, the death of Doc Ock, but there's been like three of those now. The one that was supposed oh. to give the uh, uh, web of La- uh, web of death. Yeah, web of death. I like that one a lot. And then I wasn't there for this review. It's the th- is it great responsibility. The three part. Great response. The greatest responsibility with uh, the the kind of the Peter and Mary Jane go off the sunset. Yes. Skip. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I liked. Uh, I, I think we kind of were dogging that 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 story a little bit before, but I, I enjoyed it for what it was. Well, you know, I was a kid when I read it, and I I, I dug it. I also well, there you go. And then you know, well, I guess I'm oh, sorry. I guess you guys haven't gotten to it yet. But the end of the Clone Saga is classic. So yeah, I think we we talked about that on and off throughout the show. So I mean, but but yeah, I, I I'll agree with that. Maybe we'll do another one of these whenever we get to the end, like of the look back or whatever. Because this was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. So, uh, Jason, thanks for being on the show. Um, we'll probably see me. you on the. Sh- we'll, we'll probably see you on the show soon. Uh, I would, I would hope. Or possibly yeah. a spin-off. Yeah, we kind of alluded to that. Maybe, maybe we'll, we'll actually get that the the Spider Girl podcast on 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 the. Uh, on the right track, because uh, <laughs> I was really ho- the perpetually in the works. Well, I'm telling you, one of these days I'm going to straighten that out. <laughs> one of these days, <laughs> Gerard's raising his fist in the air. One of these days, it's anyway, going, it's but going they- to happen. Like the final issue of All Star Batman and Robin. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> but with less god <laughs> Batman. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, Jason, thanks for being on the show. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. It's good to be back. All right, uh, back when I first posted the uh, thread on Crawl Space and on Spidey Dude's uh, Facebook page about the Live Color Edition, I did say that if you couldn't make it, you could leave a voicemail. Well, we actually had a couple people that could not make it to the show that actually left us some voicemails. So I wanted to play them in the middle of the show because uh, that way we can just focus on the back half of it just being the interview with the co-founder. So uh, the first voicemail we get is from Walter. You might remember him during the original Maximum Clonage recordings. Uh, he briefly made that one appearance, and so he's left us a voicemail, and here it is. This is Walter. I'm trying to get over an illness, but I just wanted to wish Zach and the crew 
a happy 15th anniversary of studydo.com. Uh, hope for another 15 years. I'll catch you on the rebound. Thanks, Walter. We appreciate you uh, leaving us a voicemail. And, uh, yeah, I really hope we get another 15 years out of this uh, this little website that could. And hopefully we can be bigger and better as, as time goes on. So we've already uh, matched our episode output from last year. So I'm very excited. We're only about halfway through the year. So just a little bit past halfway through the year. So we got we got a lot more time to uh, to produce more quality work. And so I'm very excited for that. And so, moving on to the next voicemail. And this voicemail is from Jonathan. So, thank you, Jonathan. Hi, uh, this is Jonathan. Just wanted to wish you guys a happy 15th anniversary. Been a listener since the beginning of you and both Crawl Space. Um, I'm a lurker. I'm not registered. Uh, my question is, uh, do you guys think Marvel's going to reboot their uh, universe like DC, considering the end of uh, Age of Ultron and all that? Uh, that's all. Thanks. Mary Jane. Thanks, Jonathan. First things first, I have to correct you on your Mary Jane because that was a little weak. I have to admit it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is a Mary Jane. No! Mary Jane! Mary Jane! Ah, that old chestnut. I think that was the first running gag, and it's probably a, the best running gag that we ever had. But uh, thanks, Jonathan, for bringing that back and allowing me to use that particular sound clip. All right, so uh, anyway, the uh, to answer your question, in Age of Ultron, as it was explained in the show earlier, the concept of breaking the space-time continuum leaves open the possibility that Ben Riley and, and characters like that may be alive. It's an interesting possibility. I think it's how they're going to bring Superior Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2099 together. But uh, outside of that, I don't see it rebooting the Marvel Universe. I think it may, um, may be a soft reboot, if anything. But I don't see that really happening. I think actual Alonzo is on record saying that, in fact, at San Diego Comic-Con 2013, I think he actually said that uh, the Marvel Universe isn't broken, doesn't need to be fixed. So, yeah, I doubt we're going to see a cosmic reboot. I think this question gets brought up uh, every few years or so, whenever as time goes on with Marvel, but I don't see it happening right now. I think uh, we've seen how long-term it was received with DC, and uh, it's not gone very well. So I don't see Marvel trying to do something that's not been a commercial failure but rather been a failure with in terms of garnering, garnering goodwill with the fans. So, that being said, I, I, just, I think I can speak on the rest of the panel when I say that, too. So, anyway, thank you for the question, and if you want to leave us a voicemail, it's 818-925-6631. That's the voicemail line. If you want to leave us a voicemail, we will play your voicemail on the show, uh, usually with the whole gang. But, all right, so we're going to swing it on over to the latter half of this episode, and I'll see you at the very end. All right, and uh, I appreciate all the live callers calling in for the 15th anniversary special, but the second half of the final part of the 15th anniversary special is now upon us. Uh, I would, it's an honor and a privilege to introduce uh, the co-founder of Spidey-Dude.com, the founder of Spidey Dude Spider-Man page, which was the pre- predecessor to the website as it is today. A guy that I like to call Dad. Dad? Hello. So, uh, from your perspective, tell us a little bit about the founding of the site. When you were, I guess, probably, I don't know, eight years old, and you started getting interested in Spider-Man seriously, I was in the middle of working on computers a lot. And in the course of that, I'd been asked several times to, to build websites. Well, I didn't know how to build websites. So... 
I decided to build you a home page to, to only put on the computer. Uh, after building it, I started working on the desktop themes, screensavers, and then I did the animated GIFs from a game that you had uh, that was a computer game. Yeah, it was uh, Spider-Man and Cartoon Maker. Uh, came with Windows 95. There was two of them that were out at the time. There was the Spider-Man one, and then there was from the 90s cartoon. And then there was also the X-Men animated uh, animated Cartoon Maker. Right. And uh, those two combined to make some of the, some of the themes. Now some of the, some of the ones you did, like the crawling theme or crawling anime gift, uh, was just in, introverting a an image. Yes. Um, you did that, and you, I think you did the Professor X, where he was uh, the right. Yeah, and some of those uh, some of the gifts where it shows him flipping and coming towards you, I did that by cropping out each picture mm-hmm. and putting it into an animated gif and so yeah I, I took a a movement that was on a comic and made it into an animated gif that, that's the uh the one he's talking about's the the image that's on my uh my avatar for the crawl space well and then after probably having it on there for a little while and and working on Things, but all those things I built was mainly for you. And then you asked me the fatal question: Can other people see it? And I said, uh, No, it's for you. And you said, Well, I want everybody to be able to see it. And so I went and found. Uh, I guess it was it was Zoom. Zoom X O O M was the first one. And not too long after that, Pro Hosting came, uh, which was the Spidey Dude's other Spider-Man page. And that's actually still out and still around. Um, it's still... It's it's one of the few that's... Uh, like, Pro Hosting still has their, all their old sites up. Minor interlude. I want to say this while I'm still thinking about it, but uh, yeah. Those website, that website, the old website, uh, the other Spider-Man page is actually not online anymore. But I have some screen captures that I'll put on Spider-Man.com. So, minor editor's note, sorry about that. The GeoCities, for example, uh, they shut down. Right. Um, NBCI eventually took over Zoom, and uh, it was NBCI dot com slash Spidey Dude, I think was the, the URL. Then later, after you started getting involved, we talked about it and and bought the uh, the URL and domain mm-hmm. name of SpideyDude.com. And during the course of all that, uh, this was before the first Spider-Man movie, by the way. And it's two thousand one. Mm-hmm. I think it was July of two thousand one. The website got relatively popular. For downloading wallpapers, which uh, I built all those uh, just by cropping uh, slick magazines, covers, putting backgrounds, and making screensavers. Back when screensavers were a thing. Yes, back back when screensavers were like important because you had to have a screensaver or your monitor would quote unquote burn in so you turn off your monitor you could still see the start anyway it wasn't too long after that that you started getting basically took over control Uh, uh, I continue to do a little bit of work when you did take control is when it really well let let me back up because then the first Spider-Man movie came out yeah and crashed our site 
<laughs> uh, because I went and did screen captures of of the trailers of the trailers yep. and posted them. And uh, oh my gosh, we we got just hammered. Uh, I think the day that the first Spider-Man movie came out, every single Spider-Man fan site simultaneously crashed. Yes, we were. Uh, that weekend, it was... Insane. Well, you got to think about it at the time. You know, movies now are making over $100 million routinely during the summer. At the time of the Spider-Man movie, the first one, none had done, had, had approached the $100 million mark. And it, it did 112, I think. Yeah. For a weekend, it, it, it obliterated every record in the book, and and it just happened to come out at the right time. But we were the only ones I, that I remember of like the big websites, like like Brad's site, Crawl Space, mm-hmm. um, Jr. site, The Mad Goblins Ward became SpideyKicksButt.com. Really, of the fan sites, we were the only one to have the screen captures, and so I remember we got. We went from having, you know, probably 450 visitors a day to almost 8,000 or something. Some yeah. absurd number. Yeah, it was insane. And, of course, we were completely out of bandwidth yeah. uh, immediately. And so then we started looking, and uh, I moved over to Dot Easy. Uh, and I talked about it, and we uh, we picked Dot Easy because at the time they had unlimited bandwidth, and they had pretty good uh, fan support. I mean, uh, site support, which was uh, I mean they they did backups, they did everything, and supposedly you couldn't lose the site. Well, during the course of all the different times for the next several iterations, the the, the site crashed. Uh, but it was mo- mostly because they were having problems, and it it was not necessarily anything we had to do. I mean, we renewed every year when we needed to renew. Yeah, we gr- I growled at him about it, told him he needed to pay out of his allowance. Back when I still had an allowance. Yeah, back when he still had had allowance, and uh, I mean, think about it, he was what fourteen or fifteen at this time, you know, and so I still ended up paying for. It. But it got to the point where, especially once once he started mixing in and 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 uh, with Brad and 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 crawl space and all that, it just. It just changed everything, and he looked at me one day and said, "Dad, I really I want to take it." And I'm like, "Oh, that's great!" And then he, you know, he went in and changed it from really a a site that just had I hate to call it gimmicky, but that's kind of what it was. Right. And you know, and it uh, took a while. Uh, to be fair, it took a long time to get its footing. Uh, there was a lot of discussions with Brad. Brad, you know, threw out a lot of suggestions. In fact, it was Brad's suggestion that we focus. On the Clone Saga specifically, mm. um, and it was yeah. We need to talk about that because you know the Clone Saga was was a little strange because it was right in your wheelhouse. And when I was doing all the backgrounds and the pictures and that kind of stuff, those were the ones that interested you the most. And mm-hmm. and so I worked hard, and we went and bought comics that we didn't have just to get more images of Scarlet Spider Scarlet Spider Ben in his costume yeah and you know even even Kane and and all the rest uh, just because it, it seemed to be a pretty cool niche 
Uh, but I mean, and, and so it doesn't surprise me because I think we were pretty much at the time the only site out there that because you know the clone saga was it was divisive. Yeah, I was going to say it was a love hate relationship, and so there wasn't a lot of pages that had anything to do with the clone saga. Yeah, I, I can only think of really a, like one or two or th- even th- probably three or four maybe mm-hmm. that had anything to do with the clone saga. We were. Primarily, the we were the we were number one in Scarlet Spider wallpaper, mm-hmm. uh, and to back up even a little bit further back, when you look at the at the, at the internet at the time, there was uh, there was no official movie site. Uh, this was in the infancy of the of the Sony deal um, when when around ninety eight ninety nine yes. when they announced it. Um, right around this time, they also were doing developing the X-Men movie. So this was really in the infancy of the current age of the superhero movie. Absolutely. Um, This was pre-Wikipedia. Marvel.com had undergone probably 50 different changes. Uh, When you think... Well, and it was one of the the deals I tried really hard to do when we first built this site. Even though I used animated GIFs, I also tried very hard to make sure the page loaded quickly. Because guess what? In those days, everybody was on dial-up. <laughs> yeah. And, and there wasn't uh, broadband available like it is now. And because of that, it was important to me that the website loaded quickly. Uh, and that's one of the reasons I used animated GIFs instead of Java or some of the other more powerful methods. Flash? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no but Flash. Flash was very, very. It was still in its infancy. Yeah, it was very, very young. I mean, everything was was, and I did use some uh, uh, JavaScript when I was uh, doing the the programming of the site. Uh, you know, uh, cascading style sheets, designs, that kind of stuff. I played around with some of that frames. Uh, but it was really the, the what drove me was the fact that it needed to load quickly, because a lot of the people that are what that were looking at this had just dialed, and uh, I had my own computer business at this time, and I kept we were already on broadband, but I kept a dial-up account. To test people's modems and that kind of stuff, make sure I could get their computers up and working. And whenever I did, yeah, uh, it was easy for me to slip over and see how quickly it loaded off a dial-up connection. Yeah. So, and this is—I mean, this was back in the days with your when the site launched in Windows ninety eight was the primary operating system. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you eventually had Millennium Edition crash and burn. And then you had uh, XP come out, and it kind of changed the game a little bit. Some of the themes that were loading on '98 machines weren't were kind of pixelated on the uh, on the XP machine, so you had to kind of go in there and yeah, the resolution changed. Uh, you know, uh, 800 by 600 was the normal. Yeah, resolution. 800 by 600 was the bomb diggity. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, it it was not. I mean, you went to the 1024 by 768. Well, whenever they went to put them on their wallpaper, it it would just stretch it and make it all deformed, and yeah. and so there was a lot of things that was happening. Very dynamic time. Yeah, uh, the the internet uh, was in its infancy. I, I don't want to say it's in its infancy. It was in its adolescence. Yeah, um, I think that's well said. I, I think because you, when you look at it, you had 
like the other day, uh, as of this recording, Alta Vista was formally axed by Yahoo the other day. Um, Alta Vista was a primary search engine for it was pretty much the Google before Google. Mm-hmm. Um, you had Yahoo as a as a huge search engine. In fact, uh, funny enough, Yahoo was offered Google for a million dollars and they turned them down. Yeah, uh, which has probably been they've been kicking themselves ever since. Yeah, because now they're not nearly as big as Google. And yeah, and really Alta Vista and Excite were two of the biggest. Yeah. Uh, another thing was at the time that we started this. Netscape was the browser of choice. There was yep. no Firefox. Internet Explorer was clunky and not very user-friendly. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody used it. But then Microsoft in Windows 98, I believe, added yep. it as part of the operating system and just obliterated Netscape. Yeah, I still worked for several years to keep it both compliant for both browsers. Never worried too much about Opera browser. Uh, in in those days, the browsers loaded totally different. Uh, they do now too, but it's more of a universal. Yeah, they're more universal, more streamlined than they were then. That's absolutely right. I mean, you really have three big browsers. You've got Internet Explorer, obviously, that's on every Windows machine, but you've got well four. You've got uh, Safari for uh, Mac users. Mm-hmm. You've got You've got Firefox, and you've also got uh, Chrome by Google. So right. uh, probably of the of those, the fastest, at least in my experience and a lot of people's experience, is the fastest loading of those four to, to a lot of people is, is Google now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more in terms of the speed. I, I remember Netscape always loaded faster than, than Internet Explorer, at least yeah. for us. But, yeah, we were the first ones in our neighborhood to have broadband, DSL, uh, when it right around the time it came out. Yeah. Um, and that had to do with the fact I was doing work for the cable company. Right. And the uh and as part of that it was a uh, it was it was part of what I got paid to do, let me put it that way. So I, we ended up with broadband. Although at that time I guess broadband we had it on DSL, didn't we? We had it with uh Yeah, it was with the cable yeah, it was with the phone company. And then you, then you hooked up with the cable company as soon as they started offering internet yeah, yeah, and broadband right. speeds. But, yeah, I mean, it's – so w- when you look at the history of the site, obviously we've been around 15 years. So we've kind of seen the internet grow and evolve, and it's a lot different. For example, now Spidey Dude loads on – is mobile ready. If you look, if you go to the uh, to the site on your phone, um, it, is, it is optimized for the phone. Didn't used to have that. You used to have – um. Well, when you when you had a smartphone, it was BlackBerry and Windows. Uh, very both very clunky. BlackBerry was the better one of the of the bunch at that time. At that time, really, this is this is probably early two thousands, probably two thousand one, two thousand two. Um. Obviously, the iPhone changed everything, uh, with with their browser and, and and smartphones in general. So the experience is now going a little bit away from from the the home computer and more into the mobile and I, I, there is plans right. there is plans to uh, to get a tablet version of the site uh, up and running yeah i think that'll be important because i really think that eventually uh the the laptop will i, I hate to say go by way of the dodo i just think it will be just the opposite of what it is today in other words more people will have mobile 
than what have uh, yeah, I mean you've got you've stocks. got growing markets right now with with not only corporations, phones, I'm, I tablets. For, yeah, um, yeah, I work for a large corporation. Uh, they're very hesitant to go to the tablets because they worry a little bit about security. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't see corporate America being a hundred percent tablet it, because of the work that you have to do. Right. Uh, it, it you still need a keyboard. I I use my keyboard every day. I do, you know, two or three hundred emails a day. Uh, I read almost all of them on my phone. But when it comes to typing an email, it's much easier to type it on a keyboard. Yeah, and, and there's obviously there's so much. We're, I mean, we I don't think either one of us saw the phone and being able to use the internet on your phone the way we are using it as as commonplace now. Uh, when we started the site, obviously, we didn't see. I don't even think we really saw the evolution of the computer itself. Uh, the you know, way- the, it's it's kind of funny. It's almost like we went back because if you remember, I also did skins for Winamp. Yep. And you know, resolution wise, they probably were pretty close to the uh, the size of a phone, and yet not anything like. <laughs> Like what anybody would have thought. I mean, 1080p HD, nobody saw that coming uh, 15 years ago. It, it, it's just so interesting to see how how the how much the world has changed. Obviously, the big event that happened during our time was obviously 9/11. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were, I think, really one of the first sites to have you know a, a small tribute. It wasn't a big tribute, but there was there was always a little, a little message towards the top of the page that mm-hmm. we'll never forget. Yeah. Uh, just how comics has changed. The Clone Saga was a it was a four letter word in Marvel offices when we started the site. Um, at the time, there was an editorial mandate to not mention clones. Yeah, and there were certain stories that if you had just said the word clone, I think it would have been a little bit better received. Yeah. Um, for example, Aunt May when she came back, she was a genetically altered actor- actress instead of being just a clone. Yeah. Harry Osborn was the revealed to be the fifth Green Goblin. Uh, well, it was a like a kind of a gloppy clone weird deal. Yeah. It was it was supposed to actually be the good Green Goblin, Phil Yurik, no. uh, but but editorial came in and said no. But they couldn't mention the word clone. That was that was another huge in- instance where you couldn't see the word clone. In fact, uh, when Ezekiel, the character that Straginsky introduced, that had similar spider powers, uh, the first thing in the letters page that is probably a couple months after that was it was a clone free zone. Uh, as Time's gone on. Obviously, the, the, the saga has been more accepted. Casada has been on record saying uh, that when he was editor-in-chief, the most requested trade was the Clone Saga collected in, in, a, in a trade paperback form. Because during his tenure, he was big into making sure that everything had a trade. Yeah. Every every story, if it came out, it had well, a trade. And, and, you know, you'll vouch for this. I was a little annoyed with the Clone Saga. Even as we bought them... I was like, you know, I would have been okay with it if, to begin with, they were looking like Peter was the clone. And I'm like, okay, this is way too glicky, way too, well, it's just, you know, BS. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and you, uh, you were not uh, alone. At, yeah, at the end, I, I think it was handled. Uh, looking back at it, I liked the whole storyline. 
You know, it's, it's kind of like a movie that you watch and you uh, get a little angry, but the end is okay. You know, I mean, I... The Baby May thing's always bothered you. The, the Baby May thing just annoys the living dickens out of me, okay? And... You can uh, cuss, I can bleep it out. It's okay. okay. <laughs> well, it annoys the Okay. <laughs> and uh, and it's just because they, I mean, I, I know the reason, mm-hmm. but finish the story. Right. I mean, it was, know, it's, it's, it's still one of the, the biggest. Rescue her and put her in a different dimension, for God's sakes, but don't just ignore it and then come in and write Spider Girl right. as her. With no way for her to get there. Okay, uh, I will from say, Harry Osborne uh, Norman to okay, and they explain that in that series, and it's it's supposed to take place in a different universe, first of all. Yeah. But Defi- Spider Girl to me, and this is how a lot of people have interpreted it. Spider Girl was how DeFalco would have written Spider Man, at least with the End Game, for the most part, if he had been allowed to. What had happened? They were. The Demetrius, DeFalco, this is everything that I've heard. Uh, DeZago, pretty much all the guys that did the Clone Saga, had gotten together. They were going to do a story where they were going to resolve the Ant... Not the Ant May. The Baby May plot. Bob Harris, the editor-in-chief at the time, stepped in and said no. Uh, He wanted to bring back Aunt May. He thought it was stupid that they had killed her off. Bob Harris was not known for his wisest of decisions, but uh, ultimately... They brought instead of if you read that story, every single every single clue, every single bit of the mystery, is leading you to believe that they're going to that Norman has has Baby May and yes. and and at the very end or towards the very end, uh, kind of three quarters to the story, they they throw the twist at you and it's Aunt May. Um, obviously, this actually led to to ultimately the reboot. Howard Mackey um, was kind of the. I don't want to call him a yes man, but he was kind of the the, the company man of the, of the group. DeFalco really wasn't happy with the decision to bring back Aunt May. Uh, John Mark DiMatteis, the one that killed off Aunt May, was really not happy. Plus, they were going to cancel his title, Spectacular, because it was the lowest selling of the group. Um, Peter Parker, because it was a lowered number, was the assumption. That's why they didn't cancel that one. They kept Amazing because Amazing's the flagship. Uh, and sensational was a was a title that was kind of hovering around the same numbers as, as spectacular. So it was those two were canceled in favor of rebooting. They brought in John Berman because he had had a successful reboot of of of, of the Superman franchise in the, in 1987. So they thought, why not Spider Man? Writes this um, this miniseries, Chapter One, and because of that, and made it to where it was the official continuity. Even though all the stories before still happened, that this new continuity is the new origin. Uh, it was just a, it was a chaotic mess. Uh, Howard Mackey was writing both titles. He was very burnt out on the character at that point. He really wasn't. His heart really wasn't in it, and he's admitted to that as such. Uh, but along that way, Bob Harris, uh, or excuse me, DeFalco pitched to Bob Harris a what if, what if Spider Girl, what if Mayday had lived and been reunited. All of that. Uh, it was supposed to be a one-issue story. Harris liked it. It was well-received. Well, the sales were strong. So they launched the Spider-Girl title along with uh, A-Next and J2 as a new uh, format to actually sell to Walmarts. It was going to be it was gonna be into, going to Walmarts, and then it was going to have that distribution system instead of going through the t- t- traditional comic shops. Because the, the, the core 
audience really wasn't the audience that you would get at a comic shop. Well, the deal with, with Walmart fell through, so they just kept publishing the title, publishing the title, and it actually got saved probably seven or eight times yes. from cancellation. cancellation. Um, in fact, it had it ended up spawning a, a, another title called uh, uh, Amazing Spider-Girl, and then it had another miniseries called Spectacular. Uh, it, it lived on in various forms, but that's why. Yeah. It was basically, it was supposed to be a one what-if story that evolved. So that became the answer to the whole thing? Is that what you're telling he, Around issue 50, they finally kind of get, and they bring in elements of the storyline of, of the time, the Gathering of the Five, which was the story. Uh, it's kind of, kind of uh, that when he, there's an issue where he's talk, where Peter talks to May about his her Uncle Ben, doesn't really specifically mention the Scarlet Spider, but you see the images, and mm-hmm. and so he does kind of give a resolution to that. They, I mean, they've been setting up for that. I mean, several months before that, probably six or seven months before that story, they had shown Kane being attacked by the Scryers, the silhouette of Kane, and then they kind of written it, wrote it off as a one-liner. It was a very chaotic time. During that time, Glenn Greenberg was the writer of, or an editor for the books, and he was an editor during the Clone Saga and editor during the post-Clone Saga and pre-reboot. He actually was going to do, they did a uh, behind-the-scenes kind of special features called Life of Riley. It's a 35-part series. And in that series... They kind of chronicle all the backstory of, of like, okay, why is why was this comic this way? Well, it was because the marketing gurus decided to come up with this genius plan, like the Scarlet Spider Month. Scarlet Spider Month was a direct answer to for Spider-Man to what Age of Apocalypse was for the X-Men. For a month, they rebooted the book, all number ones, and it was purely told in that in that universe. Well, they decided, okay, we're going to do for four months the Scarlet Spider book. Well, after some back and forth and some warring between the two, between the marketing gurus and the writers and the editors, they got it to pare it down to two. Um, we are about to actually cover that in the in the look back series. Must say, and we're not excited about it. I think we've been all kind of avoiding reading those books because rereading those books because it was just it's it's awful. Uh, even in the Life of Riley book, they actually say uh, Glenn says. You can clearly tell nobody was interested in writing this story. It was basically there to fill a deadline. Uh, even the artists wasn't it wasn't their best work. So you talk about the division. You talk about the baby May thing. Um, it's obviously a, a big hot bone of contention. But I think the best thing that could have ever happened to the Clone Saga was uh, the one more day fiasco and all that stuff that. Of taking the taking away of the marriage and stuff like that, um, but you know now we have a we have a Scarlet Spider book that comes out every month. Yeah, um, it's Kane as the Scarlet Spider. Yeah, and it's a which I have a real challenge with. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, Kane, Kane I'm was not a, as I'm not as much of a connoisseur. Uh, McCain uh, was a villain. Yeah, for the he book. was a bad guy. Yeah. So well, they, that's like saying, okay, Carnage is the new Scarlet Spider. <laughs> yeah. And and when you read the books, uh, when you read the books, it, it, he always, he does acknowledge that he's he's a monster trying to do right. Yeah. yeah. And even in even in the clone books, Kane wasn't. I mean, he just had. A, it's like he had no moral switch. Mm-hmm. But he. He did things in the comics that showed that he wasn't all bad. Let me put it that right. way. Right, and they were okay. they were trying to paint him as an anti-hero even yeah. back then. Yeah, 
especially when you see his motivations like for kidnapping Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. It wasn't to, because he hated Spider-Man. It's that he wanted to protect Mary Jane from getting killed because he kept seeing these precognitive divisions of yeah. Mary Jane. Yeah. Now, that was a big, giant red herring if you didn't know that Kane was a clone. Yeah. Um, but Kane is a scrawled spider. He's, he got dipped in this spider anti-venom goo. It's a long story. I won't. I'm just <laughs> oh. very... Yeah. Uh, which, which cured him of his scars. Um, kept, he kept the ability to do the Mark of Kane, which was off of his wall-crawling ability. Um, he has stingers. You know, little basically Wolverine claws, essentially, uh, that he can sting people and immobilize them with. He's got the super strength and agility of Spider-Man. He can also shoot webbing. He doesn't have the spider sense anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but he's and he's in Houston. He's not in New York. Right. Uh, right. Which well, there was a deliberate move by Steve Wacker, the editor's part, to to put each satellite title in a different city. Uh, Venom's in Philadelphia. Spider, uh, Scarlet Spiders in, in Houston. Um, so they're... Yeah, and Ben Riley back in the day went to, like, Seattle, right? Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City. Yeah. Well, he actually went everywhere. I mean, yeah. uh, the, yeah. uh, the Lost Years miniseries was supposed to be a, was supposed to be a, a ongoing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'd be kind of an ongoing going on at the same time as the books. But anyway... Uh, yeah, we were the only ones to do any type of Scarlet Spider material, and now... We are trying to become the authority on Scarlet Spider and Spider Girl. Uh, very excited for, for what we've got ahead. We're going to be doing a, a look back series. We've been doing a look back series, obviously, on, on the podcast, but we've got, we got a staff of writers to do uh, written reviews of per story arc of each story. So, like, uh, for example, I'll be doing the Power and Responsibility arc, then. Writer B is going to do uh, life uh, exile returns. It's going to be by story arc instead of by by assigning somebody a book. That way, it's a little bit more of a unified voice instead of it being kind of disjointed. Because because sometimes in a story arc, especially with the clone saga, you'll have the first chapter be really good, second chapter, yeah, it's okay, third chapter, and they always there was always an order of what when they were right. released, and they were. Uh you know, and they were across the books, which I thought it was somewhat difficult. I know what they were after. They mm-hmm. were trying to to right. to make sure that you picked up the book next week. You picked up the book, and so, uh, but it makes it was made it somewhat disjointed because if you've got a storyline going in amazing and then it jumps to spectacular that interrupted the spectacular storyline mm-hmm. and which, you really saw a lot of the, some of the, some of the pet characters not really so much in the Scarlet Spider era but when Ben became Spider-Man and they kind of set the writers free and they weren't telling part 104 yeah uh, you really you started seeing okay for example Dan Jurgens had Jessica Carradine she was kind of his pet character. Everybody touched upon her in the other books. Yeah. She was a supporting cast member, but anything of depth was really handled with Dan Jurgens. He was only, he was only there for six months. Uh, I think he was he he was one of those. I think they brought him in because he had done had such a successful run with Superman when they were doing weekly book. Right. Um, and I think he just kind of 
got burnt out real quickly. He really wanted to write Peter Parker or Spider-Man and, and not this Ben Riley character. He wasn't as emotionally invested as the rest of the writers. He brought some good ideas to the table, but his run was relatively brief and, and uh, really good artwork at the time. Um, but, you know, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of behind... I think sometimes I, I like the behind-the-scenes stories better than I do the stories on the page because you, you hear about how Marvel itself was operating at the time and ultimately it was one of the it was kind of the catalyst the final bubble to burst before the bankruptcy right right before they went looking for people to buy them yeah uh, and it, and toy biz did yeah uh, toy biz bought them and and because they saw the opportunity to be able to do the care, I mean, they were already working with Marvel anyway, right. with their toys, most of their toys. So buying them was an easy, easy sell. Um, then that was really when AVA Rad started kind of shopping it around the the properties, and, and ultimately led to the uh, first Spider Man movie and the first X Men movie. Oh. Which uh, now you'll have to pry those two properties from Fox and Sony's cold dead hands. Uh, oh yeah, they'll keep making them until yeah. Well, I mean, for, and it's not like Disney's hurting. No, so. no. Uh, with the Avengers movie making a billion dollars, I think mm-hmm. I think they're okay. And the and the crazy thing is is that um, you've already got characters like Daredevil and Elektra and the Kingpin are now owned by Marvel. Uh, Ghost Riders owned by Marvel. Blade is now owned by Marvel. And not owned by the by the new line and, and Paramount and, and, and things like that. Yeah. So now that and now that, well, I guess they could reboot them. Those when right. you start talking about those, you know, those movies weren't done well. And uh, oh, the Blade movie, the first Blade movie was a you wouldn't have. It, it was just, a, it was a huge success. Huge, a huge success. It was really the kind of the spurn that kind of spurned on the X Men franchise. But it was it was a very adult movie. It was done the way a Blade movie kind of was going to have to be handled, without it being campy. Yeah. Obviously, this is the the period of time before sparkly vampires. Um, yeah. But but uh, you know you've got all that going on um, at that time. Yeah. So it, it, it's again when you look back at the history of the site, it's it's kind of a history of where Marvel has been. Um, we've kind of been through the Harris administration. Now the Casada administration is technically over, and now we're into the Alonzo administration with the editor in chief. But Alonzo was was one of Casada's right hand man, so it's kind of an extension of the previous administration. So um, we're in a very weird time. Yeah, we're in a time right now where we're in a replacement Spider-Man period, where um, both in Ultimate and in Superior Spider-Man, Doctor Octopus is is inhabiting Spider-Man's body and uh, having all sorts of fun with that. Um, and Miles Morales, a character, an unknown character previously, it, it has been rebooted for the Ultimate Universe, which you can get away with because it's Ultimate and, yeah. and it, you can try new things that way. So. Yeah. And it's probably been the best, at least the last few months, has been the, probably the best Spider-Man book on the on the stands, not named Scarlet Spider. Uh, I've had a few problems with the Scarlet Spider book, but but for the most part, it's been probably the most entertaining book that's come out in the last couple of years consistently. Chris Yost has done a great job with uh, acknowledging the continuity of, of, of Ben Riley and, and uh, particularly of the Lost Years miniseries, which introduced... Um, um, 
Kennedy, uh, De- Detective Kennedy, which was his love interest and also the moment he murders that Peter Parker gets accused of murdering right. later down the road. Right. So um, we just covered the Lost Years miniseries, I think, on the, on the show. And, and so it was – it's a – it's a really interesting time. We've got a lot coming down the pike. Obviously, I mentioned that, that look back series with the with the reviewers. Um, we're looking to get the Scarlet Spider reviews back on track. We kind of got off the off the beaten path on that one. Um, there will be reviews for Superior Spider Man coming up pretty soon as well. Um, I'll be handling those, and uh, we're gonna we're we're in talks of doing some new um, Spider Girl related projects. We kind of mentioned it in the live callers that we had had a podcast that we kind of started. Uh, that Gerard has started as a him and I did the pilot episode together, but we kind of haven't gotten that back on track yet. But we got some Spider Girl material that I think we're gonna we're gonna get up on the site pretty soon. So there's a lot of new things coming down the pike for uh, this year. Uh, I'm not gonna give a timetable because I am as anybody that has listened to this show knows I am terrible at timetables, uh, whether it be on here or on Crawl Space because I, I was pretty infamous for being uh, bad at the timetable, but because life gets in the way. But but we've got a lot. Of, a lot of plans and I'm really excited and I'm really glad that glad you got to come on dad and well I appreciate you having me this is uh it's been quite the ride the last 15 years yeah yeah it has and uh uh you know where the, how the website's evolved I mean we 15 years ago you would have never heard a, a audio show that's readily available for free on the internet for you to download and listen to, whether it be on the site or or on on your iPod, iPhone. Oh yeah, it was it wasn't easy. Just put up a wave file of, of yeah. the Spider Man TV show. Yeah, so uh, we're we're excited. Um, I'm excited. If you want to go to Spider Dude's other Spider Man page, I'll have that up. We're gonna have a history page, kind of show you some screen caps of, of what the site used to look like. And uh, we're excited. We've got some, uh, some, like I say, we got a lot of new things coming down the pike. So I'm very excited. And with that, I think we're going to wrap this thing up with a bow. All so, right. So I appreciate you being on, Dad. Excelsior. <laughs> yeah, San, Stan Lee's old, old, uh, old sign-off. So, All right, that wraps up this episode of Clone Saga Chronicles, the podcast powered by Spidey-Dude.com. We do appreciate everyone that called in uh, on the live caller show. I appreciate Everyone leaving a voicemail, left a voicemail, and I also appreciate my dad for uh, taking time to uh, talk a little bit about not only the history of the website, but uh, the history of Spider-Man, sort of, from the Clone Saga all the way up through the reboot. That was kind of a random tangent that we had on that, but uh, I appreciate everybody for listening, and if you want to be a part of the show, leave us a voicemail at 818-925-6631. That's the phone number if you want to get on to the show. Remember to state your name and where you're from. You can also leave us an iTunes review on iTunes, or you can leave us an email at clonesarchonical.gmail.com. All those will be read on the show as you get them, so we hope to hear from you soon. And that, my friends, is the end of the 15th anniversary special. I appreciate it. Once again, I appreciate everyone for listening, and we'll see you next time here on Clone Saga Chronicles, the podcast powered by Spidey Dash Dude.